Well, welcome again to another podcast, Down to Earth, but Heavenly Minded, and I'm your host, Irv Rish, and today we are going to be on lesson number 49, and uh, we just got through looking at uh, 11 uh, things uh, that kind of uh, seduce us into uh, some... uh, tactics that uh, immorality uses to uh, uh, to draw us in. And uh, we'll just kind of look at a review here in a minute here. Uh, but today we're going to be looking at how to resist uh, these seduction tactics. And now I told you we were going to go into chapter 8. Uh, well, but before we do, we gotta we got to finish up uh, uh, just a little bit here in uh, Proverbs 7, verses 10 through 20. And this is where we find how to resist uh, seduction tactics. <clears throat> i got to have a drink of coffee here before we get going. Mm-hmm. This morning when I got up, I went out and looked at the beautiful sunrise. and the, It's beautiful this morning. I took some pictures of it. Uh, I'll probably share them on my Facebook page. Uh, I just got it when it was just starting to break the horizon and that's the scene you get when you get up early and let's just move on okay now how to resist seduction tactics now last time we got together we looked at uh, intuitive dress uh, uh, commonality touch foreplay uh, piety taste sight smell and the adventure and we looked at all of these in dealing with how uh Immorality sucks us in, and uh, how this seduction tactics works in all these ways. But this week, uh, we're going to be looking at three things. Uh, and uh, these three things we'll look at here uh, through death, though a death waits us, we still regard going looking for trouble and finding, you know. A lot of times things are dangerous in life, but we attempt them anyway. You know, we apply, uh, what application can we make from Proverbs 7? How do we strengthen our resistance to the way, willy enemy? Well, these three things we're going to look at. The first one is before the seduction. Okay, before it ever happens. Uh, you know, when you go into battle, you got to be prepared. The battle begins long before we face the tempt- sin's temptations. Uh, this is why, or this is where you discover whether you want to resist it or not. So we got to prepare long before we go, or long before it happens. Whatever, whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him truly the love of God is perfected. First John 2, verses 4 and 5, the English Standard Version. We need to know this verse and really know what it means. Do you have a time schedule to soak in the commandments of God? Do you have adequate time in Scripture? Do you ever want to have such time? Ask yourself all these questions. And I hope you get the right answers. And if you don't, do something about it. As you spend time in God's Word, 
you hear the voice of Jesus, his perspective overshadowing your own. His delight drowns yours. His death gives you life and reminds you of what most, what's most important. Hint, it's not your self-gratification, but his kingdom. When Jesus is your intimate friend, immorality seduction becomes less and less seductive. Why would you gorge on black licorice when there is ice cream in the freezer? Just kind of an illustration. Number two, during the seduction, as best you can try to figure out what you're thinking while in the midst of temptation, why do you really want? What do you think this immoral act will give you? This is difficult because immorality is not practical logic. But your thinking provides the avenue to your heart. Your, you and I, must identify the lie before we can uh, replace them with the truth. You have to understand what, what is lie and what is truth. Did you have a hard day with difficult deadlines and unresolved conflicts? Do you think sexual sin will offer you an escape? Does your life feel out of control? Do you think sexual sin will make you feel powerful and stable once again? Are you feeling sorry for yourself? Do you feel mistreated, alone, abandoned, discouraged? Do you think sexual sin will make you happy again? Do you think it will all feel good? Well, remind yourself that the Lord is near and that he sees all. How does that influence your motivations? Well, number three, the seduction, after the seduction. You might expect me to say, remember the gospel, and that's critical, but it comes with another key of discipline. Reinforce the pain, not in the guilt-ridden beat yourself up sort of way, but in the sobering moment of truth, life's lesson of sort of way. So by reinforcing the pain, I don't mean that you should uh, flagrantly uh, flat against yourself and feel sorry for yourself all over again. That would not be in line with the fact that Jesus already died to rescue you. Well, no, I mean that you should receive the Lord's discipline. Now, he disciplines those he loves and chastens every son he receives. Hebrews twelve six. No discipline is pleasurous at the time, but painful. So receive the pain, learn from it, brand it on your conscience and leverage in your strength and you in your Father's love. Now, Peter Kroll wrote this, and this was uh, something that happened in his life and uh, how he reacted to it, and uh, there's some good advice here, and he remembers what happened and uh, his discussion with himself afterwards. So we're, we, needed, we need maybe to look at some instant in our life that might have been a stupid thing we did, and maybe we we argued with ourselves, I don't know, but 
In his case, he did, and this is how it took place. And Peter Kroll writes, As a teenager, I once drove a girl home and ended up making out with her in a car before she went inside. It didn't surprise me when it happened. I had hoped it would happen when I offered to give her a lift. I was responsible, sure. She was uh, baiting me to do it, though I blame myself, not her, for the idiotics of it. Well, but afterwards I, f I felt awful. I felt so bad about it, not because I felt condemned by God, but because I felt so unsatisfied that as I drove the rest of the way home, I prayed to God and shouted things at myself. That was not fun. That really sucked. That was the stupidest thing you could do. I don't condone fits of rage, and I acknowledge that this story is somewhat childish, but I'll confess that a few things have been more helpful to me when I face sexual temptations. You know, the memory of my private shouting match has stuck with me ever since. I'm not perfect, uh, but often when I face temptation, I still hear my own voice. That was not fun. That really sucked. And the memory of the pain reminded me both to remember what Jesus had done and to reconsider what the Lord would have me do. Well, you know, we'll end our podcast, and I know it's a short one today, uh, but uh, Looking at this story, uh, uh, Peter Kroll said this, and I have never regretted such remembrance and reconsideration. He looks back at this and it reminds him of how stupid he was and how unsatisfactory that was, and it did not satisfy him. Well, now the question is, what practical steps have helped you to unmask immoralities, deceptive, deceptive tactics. You know, maybe yours is different. So just ask yourself, what practical steps have helped you? Well, in our next podcast in Lesson 50, we will be looking at this. When words are more than words and life is really death. So... With that said, I'm going to end my podcast here in the same way I always end it. God is out here. You can find him in your Bible. Just open it up and read it, and you will find him. Well, with that said, I'm going to tell you to have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye for now.